<laughs> no, it's not. No. Is that for women only? All right, if you have your Bibles, are you guys in Romans 12? Okay. I'm going to read this. We've been preaching out of Romans 12. I've got a few verses in. Does everybody have a handout? These handouts are for you to take home and study and to go over. Everything that I preach, I want to root it and ground it in in the Word of God. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your reasonable service. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this age, of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to... Test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to everyone among you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought to. That's powerful. But to think with sober judgment, I talked about that last week a little bit, in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you, I'll press into verse 4 here. Just as each one of us has one body with many members, and these members do not have the same function, so is Christ. So in Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to the other. And I'm just going to stop there for a minute. I can go further. Last week, I was teaching on having the mind of Christ, and we just began that. And this is really having the mind of Christ part two. We talked about humility. Paul says, by the grace given to me, everything Paul does, when you read his letters, he is always deflecting from himself and onto Christ. And in fact, we'll get into some of those scriptures. Even when he's boasting, he's apologizing for talking about himself. He says in one place, if I'm going to boast, I'm going to boast in my weakness. Now, that is so different from the world. We have our heroes. I talked about that recently. You know, I really respect this guy, Todd White. He's a powerful evangelist. And so we really build these people up and think, wow, how gifted they are, how powerful they are. But according to the word, honestly, that gifting and that power doesn't come from that person. That's a person that has humbled themselves under the mighty hand of God and they've allowed God to fill their life by taking a low position and He fills their life and they do incredible things. We should never look at people and think, you know, our goal shouldn't be as pastors and preachers and Christians that look at me. It should always be look at Him. Arthur Blessed, who I love, he always says, when he does something, he always says, Jesus did it. And, and, you know, in my own experience, there was a person, I won't, I'm not going to give you names or anything, but there was a person who was in my life for about seven years, and, you know, I tried to talk to them about the Lord, and I just couldn't get my mouth going. Or one time I pressed past my gr- the grace that was on me, I kind of pressed past it, 
and they told me that they just weren't interested. And I just, I was always feeling convicted. I'm like, Lord, I really want to share you with him. I, I don't know what's wrong. I kept praying and praying. I was never able to do it. And then out of nowhere, recently, I just had this uh, desire in me, and I just was praying for this person, saying, Lord, you know, I, I want so much to share with them, and they, they need you so bad, and I was praying about it, and the Lord pulled on my heart uh, to, to meet with them, and so I did. And literally, now I think for seven years here, I know this person, I've never been able to engage my mouth. I tried to, and more or less got shot down, and then all of a sudden, just through prayer and just by the grace of God, the conversation just started coming. We started talking about uh, current events and issues, and the conversation turned to God, and it was very natural. And, you know, just out of my own weakness, I, I asked the, the young man some questions about God, and do you know, when we were done talking, that young man prayed with me to accept Christ in his life, we prayed right, right over that hill over there just recently. He prayed. And for so long, I was, wasn't able to get going. And I can tell you, I, I say this because it was absolutely 100% by the grace of God that I was able to get my mouth going, that God at this time had touched his heart and he was open like never before. He, he had shut me down before. He could have shut me down again. And uh, it was literally just the grace of God. We got into conversation. We started talking. And uh, I don't know why his heart was open, but it was completely the grace of God that I was able to pray with that man. And I can tell you truthfully, I know that Jesus did it. We want to be pointing to what the Lord has done and not what we've done. In fact, I believe the more that we can point to what God is doing, right, even through our life, the more we can do that and take this mindset, I really believe the more God can use us. Linda, you ask, you know, why, you know, why don't we see more and why don't bigger and greater miracles? I think sometimes that, you know, if God started using certain ones of us, you might destroy us. We might think it's us that that uh, miracle power, you know, a lot of people that fast a lot, they, a lot of these healing evangelists, people that are powerful before God, they fast a lot. And the reason they fast a lot is because fasting is a self-emptying. Anybody ever fast? Anybody ever fast more than a day? Three, a week? Fasting is a self-emptying. Amen, sister. And you do, and I don't know if you've ever done it, but you do, there'll come a time during your fasting that you'll fall on your face and you probably you barely be able to move sometimes. And what God has showed me when I've had the grace to fast is just how truly weak we are without the Lord. If I took food away from you for seven days, how do you think you'd be out there? Crazy, right? There's probably more to fasting than that, but a part of fasting is just showing us we are absolutely dependent on God. Just fast a few days and you'll see that. Sometimes you feel like you, sometimes you got a lot of energy and sometimes it feels like you can't move. So a part of the mind of Christ, a big part of the mind of Christ is humility. And Paul tells him, by the grace of God, 
Don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to. And then this thought, and I got a lot of scriptures. Anybody get my new notes? They're using the ones I passed out today. Anybody? I wrote these scriptures about boasting, and I don't even know where to start. And these, so let's uh, flip back to Romans 3, 27. I want to talk about boasting. What's boasting? Someone tell me. Bragging. Who are you bragging on? Sometimes bragging can be a sign of insecurity. You know that. Sometimes it's just fun. You're just having fun, right? You're just horsing around having fun. But sometimes it's a sign of insecurity. In Romans 3.27, Paul asked this question. He says, where is your boasting? You know, the whole way with the world is boasting throwing yourself forward, and man, just watch music videos, or, or don't watch them for that matter. But just the whole way of the world is always pushing yourself forward, always boasting, always bragging, trying to put yourself out there. But Paul makes this incredible statement. He goes, where is your boasting? It is excluded. Now, I could read on, and he's talking about faith and grace and being saved by God's grace here. He's talking about being saved by faith. He's telling them there isn't one thing you did to deserve or earn God's favor in your life. And there's nothing you can do. You're either going to get saved because God's good or you're not going to get saved. Period. You're going to get saved because God is good. And that's why the Lord loves to save people that you've given up on. He loves to save people. I, I hear people sometimes would talk to people and they'll say, you know, oh, yeah, they're not a Christian, and they're like, oh, they're like beyond help, and they're, I'm like, no, 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 no. That's the one that God wants to get. I promise you, he's got a bullseye. The, hard, the bigger they are to God, the harder they fall. In fact, your self-righteousness will get you in trouble with God. So we all take this position, guys, if we're coming to God, boasting is 100% excluded. And even if you're gifted and you have gifts flowing in your life, if you really want those gifts to manifest in fullness, you've got to understand that even those gifts, and this is what Paul is saying, even the gifts that you have in you are coming from God, so you have nothing to boast about. And if we can learn that and take that place in your mind that I have nothing to boast about, God can use you. God can work in your life. And in fact, He can even bless you because you know where it comes from. I follow different preachers, listen to different ones, and one guy says what qualified him before God has a huge ministry, is, he said, because he is absolutely the least qualified person out there. And he knows it. And he said because he knows it, and he knows it's God, God's been able to use him and always deflects the glory back to God. We think of spiritual gifts that, I said people have these huge spiritual gifts, how mighty they are, and yet Paul says, of himself, though I be nothing. I'm nothing, though I be nothing. Think about it. If it is all God, so the less of you and the more there is of God, the more you're going to shine out. Someone say amen. Says so your boasting is excluded. I could keep going. He's on the chapter 4, he says, What then shall we say Abraham our forefather found? What did he discover? If Abraham were justified by works, he had something to boast about.
but not before God. But what does the Scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him for righteousness. Paul's saying again, Abraham had nothing to boast about. He had nothing to brag about. And I find this incredible, and, and, and I teach it often. Jesus himself said, guys, this is the Son of God. This is how Jesus lived his life. If we did this, you say, why don't I witness more? You need to be more like Jesus. Jesus himself said, I don't do anything but what the Father shows me, tells me, or leads me to do. See, I'm under dependency to my Father. Jesus accessed the grace of God. He knew how to walk in the grace of God, and he made himself available to God. Talking to someone this week. He said that, you know, I'm just always praying every morning, Lord, I'm available. Give me your grace. That's how Jesus lived his whole life in complete dependence on God. That's powerful. Flip over. Uh, I want to more on this theme about boasting. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, and we're going to look at verse 7. You guys with me? You sure? Okay. You will never think that you're better than somebody else if you understand your own condition. You'll never think that, that you're better than anybody else. If, you, if God truly shows you who you are, you'll never think you're better than anybody. You'll never look down on anybody. You won't be able to. Has anybody ever thought they were doing pretty good until you got a curveball thrown at you? Dina back there. So me, me and Gideon, we're the only ones. That's why I say all the time. <laughs> Chapter 4, verse 7. I, I want you to get this. If everything is of God, which was the scripture, and if you haven't been here for our teachings, what I was going in before, Paul says the Jews were lost, the Gentiles were lost. God concluded everybody in unbelief so he could have mercy on them all, of God, through God, to God are all things. In view of that, God's incredible mercy, we should present our bodies as a living sacrifice. This realization, if you know that your righteousness truly is from God, then you won't have a self-righteousness. It's impossible for you to judge or condemn somebody else. Impossible. Because you know you are who you are by the grace of God. Paul said, I am who I am by the grace of God. Okay, chapter 4, uh, 1 Corinthians, verse 7. Look at this. For who make, This is just confirming what I just told you. For who makes you different from anyone else? What do you have that you did not receive? And if you received it, why do you boast about it as though you didn't receive it? What do you have that wasn't given to you? And if it was given to you, why are you bragging like, like it wasn't given to you? Amen? I'm going to flip back to chapter 1. I want to make this point. At the end of the chapter, verse 30, it is because of him that you are in 
Christ Jesus. Those are huge words. All of the gospel, guys, is right there. You are in Christ Jesus. I'm gonna t- I got to talk about that for a minute, but so I, w- I want to go make my point here. Who has become for us the wisdom of God, the righteousness of God, holiness and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. You get it? You getting this? So your righteousness, your holiness, your redemption, your wisdom, all of these things belong to you because God put, He gave it to you. He put you in Jesus. He put you in Jesus. And now when God looks at you, He looks at you through Jesus. Jeff, that's why I go to God through the blood of Jesus. When I pray, that's why I go through the blood. Because I know this morning, I didn't I don't always feel worthy to get up and preach. And when I, when I feel that way, I always go to God right through the blood of Jesus and say, Lord, I know because you see me through Christ, because you see me through Jesus, I'm qualified. That'll change how you feel about yourself. When, and sometimes that's the hardest thing to do is to throw off your own self-condemnation. We make our guilt bigger than God's mercy. We make our shame bigger than God's forgiveness. We make our condemnation bigger than God's acceptance. We want to magnify our faults, magnify our weaknesses. And honestly, what God wants you to glory in is the mercy and grace of God. You will never get stronger by condemning yourself. Never. You will never get stronger by saying how weak you are. In fact, the Word of God says, if you're weak, say that you're strong. Let the weak person say that they're strong. We need to learn, folks, as a church, as a people, we need to learn to say the things about ourselves that God says about us. And when you understand it isn't you, it makes you laugh. You start boasting in the Lord. You can make a confession from the Scriptures what God says about you, just agreeing with God, boasting in the Lord. Like, did you know that I'm the righteousness of God? Yeah, boy, you... I can't believe you would say that. Well, that's what the Bible says, that I'm the righteousness of God. Do you know that God sees me as holy and separated and clean? Do you know the Bible sees me? I'm not under one speck of condemnation. And there's more. You know, according to the Word, God will supply all my needs, all of them. I can boast about it because it's according to what? His riches, where? In Christ Jesus, in glory. Everything you need has been supplied by God through Jesus, and you can boast about it. In fact, we need to learn to have a bold confession of who we are. We're so quick to say how weak we are, and you may be weak. We may quick to say how powerless we are. Maybe you feel powerless. We're so quick to say how unworthy we are. But how quick are we to boast in the Lord and what He says about you? You won't grow in the Lord until you start agreeing with God. Well, I'm just a worm. Okay, be a worm. You won't get far. You think when you're witnessing to people and you're going around and you're a worm and you're this, that's really attractive to people? You don't know how to smile, kind of walk around depressed, don't know how to talk to people. Maybe you're, ang- maybe you're an angry Christian. 
angry all the time. Boy, and there's a lot to be angry about. Man, I got to watch Twitter. I almost backslid this week because of Twitter. Whew. There's so much to be angry about. The devil wants to get you on that wagon, the ang- anger wagon. He does. There's so much he can trip your switch with it. There's nothing beautiful about an angry Christian. There's nothing beautiful if you truly think that you're a worm. Folks, you may, apart from Jesus, be a worm, but you're not apart from Jesus, are you? Humility is not self-deprecation. Humility is understanding it's of God. You're chosen in God. You're accepted by God. You're forgiven by God. You are blameless in Christ, and on and on and on, humility is accepting that and saying, yes, I couldn't do it, Lord, but you did it, and then you boast about the Lord. You boast about what? And God will make good what you're willing to say. If you're willing, your salvation comes through confession. Did you know that? You believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. I run into a problem, problems bigger than me, I do it with sickness. I run into a problem, things bigger than me, I say, Jesus, you're Lord over that. I run into an enemy, do what the Bible says, pray for him, forgive him, walk in God's grace, and I say what the Word says, no weapon formed against me will prosper. I want to line my mouth up with what God says about me. It's humility because it doesn't come from you. It comes from God. It's a part of your salvation. I can, oh, Lord. Go ahead and flip over to 2 Corinthians. You guys okay? Are you getting anything out of this, guys? You're kind of quiet this morning. You all get enough sleep last night? Or? No, we got to base up. Second Corinthians chapter 12. I could really start with chapter 11. I want you to see this. Get this down in you. I'll start with chapter 11 because it's sequential. Uh, verse 30, 2 Corinthians. We're going to talk about boasting. If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. The God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is praised forever, knows that I'm not lying. In Damascus, the governor under King, I think his name is Artius, had the city of Damascus guarded in order to arrest me, but I was lowered through a basket down a window and slipped through his hands. I must go on boasting, although there is nothing to be gained. I will go on to visions and revelations from God. I know a man in Christ, he's talking about himself, who 14 years ago was caught up into the third heaven, whether it was in the body or out of the body, God knows. I know about this man, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. He was caught up to paradise. He heard inexpressible things that a man is not permitted to tell. I will boast about a man like that, but I will not boast about myself except in my weaknesses. Now listen. Even if I should boast, 
I would not be a fool because I would be speaking the truth, but I refrain, so no one will think more of me than what is warranted. To keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of revelations, there was given me a thorn in the flesh. What was that thorn in the flesh? It was a messenger of Satan sent to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away, and he said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power, look at this, my power is made perfect how? In weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses. Why, Paul? So that Christ's power may rest on me. Do you see it? God doesn't need your wisdom, doesn't need your strength, doesn't need your righteousness. He's got it all. He needs your inability. Says he chose the foolish of this world. He needs your foolishness. He needs your inability. and your weakness, then His power can rest on you. If we're certain that we've got it all figured out, we're certain we've got it all made, then His power can't rest on us. And it's really, folks, then, then this spins out, and Paul, back in, what time is it, guys? You guys know? Okay, I got, I got a little time. This really spins out then, and then Paul is taking this idea about the grace of God about the mind of Christ. I got another scripture I want to read on that. And then he spins it out and he says, as a body of people, then we need to understand that we're built as a body and God has put us together as a team, as a functioning body, and our mind toward one another, if we're going to be in unity, and how hard it is for anybody to walk in unity these days. But he says, if we're going to be in unity... He spins that, we take this mindset, the mindset of Christ, and he says we need to take the measure of this gift of grace that God gave us and the faith that he gave us, and he spins it and he says turn that toward one another. Do you know in all these gifts, there's nowhere in those gifts does Paul say that that gift is for you. He always turns it and he says it's to your brother. If someone is hungry, what do you do? You feed them. If you prophesy, you prophesy unto yourself. Now you're prophesying to your neighbor. If you're leading, you're leading with diligence to help, help your neighbor. Everything he says here, he even talks about giving honor to one another. Because of this humility we have, we can see the grace of God that's in our brother and sister. We can see that they're created in the image of God. We can see that we're no better than she is. They're no better than we are. We know how to humble ourselves, wash their feet, and use the gifts that God gave us to serve the body of Christ. And do you know when we do that, number one, the anointing of God will come on the house. You'll feel God's presence come on the house because His anointing, goes to the low places every single time, and then it says the world will be drawn to that because nowhere in the world do you find people walking in unity and fellowship with one another. The world's always demanding its rights. You can't even have a sports team where the kids get along. Have to, if you do, if you ever have a sports team that gets along, they're an amazing thing to behold. Amen.
everything we do, the mind of Christ is turned to the other person, and then these gifts come out. And that's why, you know, I talk about church attendance, folks. And, and I do, I get, when you're here, I love it. It encourages me. Some of you walk in the door and just seeing you encourages me. Even when you're late, it just encourages me. Say, oh, good, they're here. But, but really, honestly, God's preparing a body on this earth. God wants the full expression of himself, and it's not in one person. We all have different gifts and talents, and together we are going to reflect Jesus in a perfect way. Those gifts are spread out. There's only one Charlie. Thank God, right? Amen. My neighbor came over. I am, the, I, I am an absolute idiot when it comes to fixing stuff. And thank God I have a neighbor that came over. And I'm, you guys remember me telling you about my well miracle? And fix my well. I can't do anything like If I'm going to get something fixed in my house, Pam's going to have to fix it. And if she don't fix it, I'm in desperation. I'm praying. But we're all gifted that way. And there's areas in your life that somebody in the body has a strength or something you need. So we don't even come to church because, well, people say, well, I just don't like the worship. Or, well, I just, you know, the children's ministry ain't what it should be. Those are fighting words to me because my wife's responsible for the children's ministry. Or that preacher, I, I, I just, he's just not my style. You're not honestly here just for yourself. You should be getting fed. You should be worshiping. But you are here because you have a part in this body. You have a portion in this body to serve. Everybody in this church should be serving somewhere. And some of you are called outside the church to serve, but there's an in-body ministry too. Everybody should be serving. It's not hard to serve when you realize that Jesus is in that man right there and he's in that woman over here, that that's literally Jesus in that ministry and you're given your portion and they're giving their portion and you're all reflecting the image and glory of God together. Sister Kittle, even in Ephesians 4, when Paul talks about uh, becoming more and more like Jesus or more and more like the Son of Man, it is always with the body of Christ in mind. It's never singularly focused on a person. We do that. Oh, Billy Graham. Oh, Todd White. Oh, God doesn't do that. I'm going to end on, on this scripture, I, I think. Flip over to, I'm on my point B, by the way. You guys get this? We're on section five, point B. Flip, flip over to Philippians chapter two. Paul says, in view of God's mercy. In view of God's amazing grace, I'm urging you, this is what I'm urging you to do. I'll just start with verse 1. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, any comfort from His love, any fellowship with the Spirit, any tenderness, compassion, then, this, this, I understand this from Paul. He says, make my joy complete by being like-minded. That, that is virtually impossible for people to do without God, to be like-minded. It's impossible. We are like-minded only, it won't be politically, I promise, 
because I'm right about that stuff, I promise you. <laughs> we are going to be like-minded when we take on the mind of Christ. When I can overlook some of your... We, I, had a, I told you about that guy up to that church. I asked him how him and the other churches in the area were getting along. He says, we don't always fellowship based on doctrine, which you need good doctrine. But he says, we fellowship on kingdom values. And I just thought that was rich. We, we, we fellowship based on, we're, lo we're loving each other. We have the, a goal to represent Christ. You're not always going to agree with everyone on everything. And sometimes people will amaze you the things that they believe. I had a buddy that literally believed in Bigfoot. Anybody else believe in Bigfoot out there? <laughs> Gideon. I can always count on you, Gideon. He did. I, I thought he was joking. I, I was laughing. He goes, no, I'm serious. I'm like, oh. And he was telling me why he believed in Bigfoot. I, maybe he's right. It, what, what's that? What's that? <laughs> he is real. Okay, yeah, Joe. <laughs> but it wasn't even you, Joe. You were the one I'm thinking of. I need, to, this, I need to hook you up with this guy, Joe. There, okay. I forgot that was part of your testimony. You weren't even the one I was thinking of. I know two people that believe in Bigfoot. They're willing to admit it. Joe, I'm not certain. I'm not convinced yet. We'll have to talk about it. But I'm willing to fellowship with you. We're never going to be like-minded there. The, the, maybe not. The good news is, I, I know someone in this crowd that believes Elvis is still alive. Linda, I won't tell them. I saw like an hour video at her house on this guy that was Elvis, and I wasn't convinced yet. Pam was leaning that way. He is, see? He's a Pentecostal preacher too. That's, if you, if you want to know about that, get with Evelyn or uh, Linda. She can fill you in on that. But probably we're not all going to be like-minded on, on that. If I ask you, what do you think a good-looking girl or a good-looking man is, you're going to have a hundred opinions on it. There, <laughs> it's early. But he says, make my joy complete, being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. There you go. One in spirit, one in purpose. We have a common goal. You got a football team, you have a common goal. That's hitting that goal. You should all be pushing to get across that goal line, right? The football, you can't, you know, the guy starts complaining because he doesn't get enough receptions or doesn't get, that coach is your brain, just like Jesus is the brain of the church. It's his mind that we follow under. The way up in the kingdom of God is down anyway, folks. I hope you learned that. The way up in God's kingdom is down, amen? The way to receive is to give. Come on, given it shall be given. Everything God does is opposite. You want to go high, you got to go low. You want to be great, you got to serve. That's the mind of Christ. One in purpose, one in spirit, one in mind. Then he says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourself. Each of you, this is the body now Paul's talking about, each of you should look upon, uh, should not look upon your own interests only, but also in the interest of others. Let this attitude or let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. 
That's the attitude where the, you're better than me. That's a tough one, isn't it? I've said it many, many, many times to me. We all think we're right, right? Everybody wants to be special. Wasn't there a song by Tears for Fears, Everybody Wants to Rule the World? Ain't there a song like that? Remember that song, Everybody Wants to Rule the World? That is not the way of Christ. It's actually considering your brother better then it's easy to take the low position and serve. And do you know, God, every single time, God will reward that type of behavior. The Word says that God gives grace to the humble. Doesn't He say that? But He resists the proud. Anybody ever been resisted by God? I have been. Woo! You don't want God resisting you. The wheels fall off. So I want to encourage you as we're renewing our minds about who we are. You want to do more for the Lord. This is the way. Isn't that the Mandalorian? This is the way. This is the way. You want to do more. I know when I get before God and I truly get before the Lord and spend time with Him and just empty out and I go out in the world, I do some good. When I just run out there full of Brad and full of me and everything, I don't do much good to anybody. I wind up getting myself in trouble. Let's go ahead and pray. I don't... Charlie, come up and stand beside me. We're going to pray for you after. I, I think Jeff stepped out. I was going to bring him up. I'm going to pray for the church. We're going to dismiss. But if you need prayer for anything, I know some of you guys are going through and situations in your life. I put a post up this week, and I have people that have lost loved ones. They've just had all type of challenges in their life. I understand that. If you need prayer for anything, Charlie and I, Pam, come up here and stand beside me. And Pam, we'll be up here and willing to pray for you. Father, I pray that this mind is in us, Lord that was also in Christ Jesus. This was the mind that Jesus had. This is the mind that Jesus had, right here. He was looking out for the interest of others, took a lowly position, and because of that, Lord, you were able to pour out on him. And that's what we want, Lord. We want you to pour out on us. We want your wisdom. It belongs to us. We want your redemption. It belongs to us. We want to live a holy life. It belongs to us, Lord, and your righteousness. Let this mind be in us. Let us remember, Lord, that it all does come from you. And let's bless the people as we go today, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.